I want you to know this will be a short sermon. It's not going to go beyond two hours at the most. (laughs) But I did know we would be busy with other things today. Wonderful celebration. When my mother was 55 years old, she gave up everything she owned, which really wasn't that much, and took off for Alaska. Both of her sons had grown up. She had been a widow since I was four, and she had always wanted to live out that dream. So she set out in a Lincoln Continental car, which someone had actually given to her. It was a gorgeous car. And she took off driving to Alaska with her trunk full of essential possessions. She was not an outdoorsy person, and she was not physically strong. She wasn't like a person who was going to go live in the woods. She had grown up in cities, Detroit and Chicago, and lived all her life in cities. She didn't even have a driver's license until somebody gave her that Lincoln Continental. She had many adventures, which I cannot tell you this morning, including a car accident, a stroke, homesteading, and financial difficulties. But she made that move and she lived the last 25 years of her life in Anchorage, Alaska. I visited there, I think, five times. I can't quite remember at the moment. But she more often came to Peoria to see us because it was a lot cheaper to buy one plane ticket than four. But all four of us went once. She had a sense of excitement about this life change and this adventure. She was an adventurous soul in her own way. And I feel good to honor her memory on Mother's Day. Every mother is unique, and every mother has a story. Sometimes mothers get trapped in difficult lives, which could happen for many reasons, but I do want to acknowledge today that one of the things that often hampers mothers is patriarchal social systems where they have many less options. Betty Friedan's book, The Feminine Mystique, which some people in our church have uh, helped to celebrate, drew a clear picture of how women in my mother's generation got caught in roles that were sometimes not fulfilling. And many of them longed to break out of those roles. I think my mother was one of them. But regardless of social trends or demographics, every mother participates in something amazing. Something that never grows old. The creation of new life. Not that fathers don't have a role, at least most of the time, but the actual ability to grow and bring forth a new life is something truly marvelous. I want to call it miraculous, and it is miraculous, but not in the sense of breaking the laws of nature, but in the sense of just being an amazing thing that happens. Everyone walking around, to the best of my knowledge, had a mother. Nothing is true 100% of the time, but most often, mothers love their children. 
even if problems occur, perhaps even serious problems, almost always mothers love their kids. They love to hug them and feed them and dress them and do the best they can to meet their needs. It may be that the one who does this sometimes is not the biological mom, or maybe it's a dad or a grandma or someone else, but overwhelmingly, moms love their kids. I know my mom loved me. I was always aware of that my whole life since I can remember. There is a stereotype in our culture that mother's love is more unconditional and father's love is more conditional. These stereotypes are certainly not always true, but it is true that these images are embedded in our unconscious assumptions about the way life works. For example, in religion, the traditional monotheistic God of our culture is most often pictured as a patriarchal figure. He is called father, king, lord, ruler. He is also called a God of love, but he is sometimes an angry God, a war God, a God of wrath, a God of judgment, at least part of the time. One of my favorite theologians, Sally McFaig, asked us to imagine how it would change this traditional view of life to think of God as a mother rather than as a father. What if, rather than a father often prone to anger and judgment, God was a mother who nurtured her children, put the emphasis on love and care, who didn't send them off to fight in wars, but helped them become loving and caring people, whether male or female. Now, I know when we think this way, we're thinking in stereotypes, and there are always problems with that. But even so, we would have a very different image of God, I think, if we thought of God as a woman. I think this would be true of both atheists and theists, even if one chose not to believe in God, it would still change the cultural assumptions enormously, wouldn't it, to have that kind of shift? It would be radically different. Let me read you a poem that is written with this idea that God would be a mother rather than a father. See if this sounds different. Our mother, whose body is the earth, Sacred is thy being. Thy gardens grow. Thy will be done in our cities as it is in nature. Thanks be this day for food and air and water. Forgive us our sins against the earth as we are learning to forgive one another. And surrender us not unto extinction, but deliver us from our folly. For thine is the beauty and the power and all life from birth to death, from beginning to end. Amen. So, I think Sally McFaig is brilliant in saying, what if we change our metaphors? And today, I lift that up, not because I want to convert you to any theological point of view, but because it shows us the power of lifting up mothers and viewing the mother as the source.
There is a distinctly feminine way of loving, and even men can access that feminine power, just as women can access the masculine powers. But men, at least so far as I know, cannot have babies. That particular miracle belongs to moms. And we need to do much more in our culture to support moms. They deserve and we need to provide them with prenatal care, access to health care for themselves and their kids, child care options, maternity leave, equal pay and career choices, and the freedom and education needed to decide when they choose to have children. We need to support moms in every way we can, for they carry life itself from one generation to another. They carry life itself in their bodies. And many of you have done that very thing. We need to praise fathers, too, and provide them with the means they need to carry out their role. To be fathers of care and responsibility, of nonviolence, as Julia Ward Howe envisioned that in 1870, and full of love. For we all need love from multiple sources, whatever may be the gender configuration of our family. Maybe one mom, two moms, one dad, two dads, one of each, other caring adults in the system. We need to build a culture of caring, responsibility, and love, a culture of peace. What people like Sally McFay lift up is how much we need to support mothers and learn from mothers. Maybe, she says, even God might be a mother. Or at least that idea may reorient our patriarchal culture. Not every story of a mother is a happy story. Friday night, we went to the Holocaust Memorial downtown and we heard a wonderful woman who is a Holocaust survivor describe how her mother was taken off by the Nazis when she was a little girl and she never saw her again. And she longed for her mother for the rest of her long life. She wanted her mother, but she never got to see her. But Agnes Schwartz, the survivor, became a mother herself and took enormous joy in the role of mother and in her children and their well-being. She experienced both deep loss and profound joy. There is nothing like our mother. She gave us life itself. She may have given us grief as well, or perhaps she might have been difficult to live with. All this is possible. And she also may have given us pearls of wisdom and unconditional love and the confidence we need to face the world. But she gave us life itself, the greatest gift imaginable. How wonderful to take a day to lift up the preciousness of that great gift and the mothers who give.